I couldn't help but notice your pain. My pain? It runs deep. Share it with me. I've been uh, I've been watching some basketball movies lately, and well, more than usual. And in this, I thought, what's the best basketball movie? I personally say Above the Rim. Now we're gonna talk about it. It's very one-sided, obviously, uh, but I, I saw a lot. Um, you know, White Men Can't Jump, He Got Game, Coach Carter, Space Jam, Glory Road, Hoosiers, Blue Chips, Love and Basketball, Hoop Dreams. So, these are the people I won't argue with. If you say that the best basketball movie is White Men Can't Jump, Coach Carter, Space Jam, Glory Road, or Hoop Dreams, which is a documentary, uh, I'll include it, whatever, for the sake of discussion, um, very good if you haven't seen it please go watch Hoop Dreams uh, if you say any of those movies I got no argument with you if you say He Got Game Blue Chips or Semi Pro I we might have a, a long discussion or I may never talk to you again it's one of those things um, The Way Back came out this year with uh Old fuckboy Ben Affleck, Batman, whatever, he dang J-Lo. Too recent. I haven't seen it. I'm not going to bother. I was going to see Basketball Diaries. It's not on Amazon, so fuck you, fuck Basketball Diaries. Uh, fuck Leonardo DiCaprio, I guess. But yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Above the Rim. We'll go through it, talk about my favorite parts, uh, plot points, and everything. Let's, uh, let's get to it. First off... An amazing soundtrack. Uh, sets the tone throughout the movie from, from start to finish uh, unparalleled. Obviously, uh, Tupac does star in the movie, so he got to lend some of his musical artistry to it, his rap prowess, if you will. Uh, and, and, it, and it shows through. Tupac, every time he's on scene, he stills the show, really. Um, maybe not too much range, maybe he's just playing the, the angry uh, drug dealer, but you you really get some emotion out of him, and it just feeds into his untimely death, and just how tragic it was. Uh, in his day, you know, he was a bit of a, a knucklehead, but he was so young, in the, you know, still in his 20s, so it, he never got to you know, come full circle and grow as a person and and have fun and, and still contribute not only his music but everything he was branching out in doing uh, with the acting. So he could have joined like Will Smith, Quinn Latifah, Ice Cube. Um, I personally liked Eminem in 8 Mile as far as uh, rappers and acting. I thought he did really, really well in 8 Mile. Um, Ludacris, he's got to give me more than Fast and Furious for me to mention him ever again. Um, we could say Mark Wahlberg, who's a phenomenal actor, rapping, meh, rapping, we might as well, you know, can we bring up John Cena in the discussion as rappers turn actors, whatever. 
Uh, and then Childish Gambino, he did it all. So I don't know if you want to count him, but it's worth throwing his name out there. A lot of underlying themes in this movie, which which I'm really big on. A good movie won't just take take one thing or a few things and then just hammer on them. It gets it gets pretty boring. Uh, but some of the underlying themes in the in the movie are you know, struggle, mentorship, competition, family, friends, perseverance, death, pain. You know, sports, basketball, of course. I'll just say, any time a movie starts with a character having a nightmare and waking up in cold sweats, you know you're in for a fucking movie, like a like fire. But we'll give the rundown. Oh uh, yeah, uh, uh. I'll let you hear me. Yeah. About a high school basketball player, Kyle Watson, uh, played by Dwayne Martin, lives in, in New York City, and he's trying to get recruited by his favorite college, Georgetown. But instead, well, maybe not instead, but simultaneously, he catches the eye of Tupac's character, Birdie, uh, a street hustler who notices, you know, Kyle's talent. And all the while, Kyle's single mom has unknowingly started a romantic relationship with Birdie's brother, uh, estranged brother, I should say, who skipped town years ago after the tragic event of his friend dying, and that's Thomas Shepard. So his troubled past comes comes into the mix as well. And all of this culminates in a high-stakes basketball tournament in New York City. Uh, that I won't disclose the ending of. Hopefully you've never seen the movie, you go watch it, and then you can just enjoy it all at once with a nice, uh, well, with an ending, an unspoiled ending, I will say. Uh, one more thing about the movie before we start playing the scenes. I'm really, really glad that uh, Kyle, the main character, doesn't have a love interest. You know, it's just him, single mom, working couple jobs and just the game he loves in basketball and he's just juggling those things around um, what I noticed in re-watching this for the 500th time or something is there's not a lot of well, maybe not any wasted scenes everything is, is very is very tight if something's being shown to you there's a very specific reason why that is and there's a lot to take from everything that you do see and uh, that, that shown out as well and, and really uh, stood out to me so the first scene we'll go over is, it's a very minor scene, it, has, it plays pretty much a small role in the grand scheme of things, but Kyle is in the club with Birdie, Birdie showing him around, showing him the life, money, women, uh, alcohol, nightlife, whatever. They're in a club and a talent scout comes up to them and just starts talking with them. Yeah, still a couple minutes for you later. Yeah, let me introduce you to somebody, a good friend of mine. Yeah, I know Kyle Watson. You got a nice game, kid. Oh, thanks. You know, you really snuck up on us going four inches over the summer the way you did. It's kids like this that keep me on my toes. I think you got everybody figured, and then, like that, they change. You're still unsigned, right? Waiting on Georgetown? How'd you, how'd you know that? It's my business. I know a lot of schools that would like a nice point guard like you. Well, I guess you got the shootout now, locked up with Kyle, eh? What are you, kid, about an 11? Uh, 11 and a half. See you around. So, obviously, not a hard-hitting scene, but to me, that just shows light on kind of the the griminess of of 
student athletes and, and young kids that happen to be very good at sports. I mean, there's just grown men that have entire careers centered around these kids' success and failure. So that's a talent scout, inner city talent scout that probably talks to colleges that he's never met that knows everything about about him and just stuff like that always. I don't know, it just it, it throws me off. I don't, it seems, it seems wrong, you know, and we know how college athletes are treated, but we don't have to get into that right now. So there's this character um, played by Bernie Mac, which by the way, this movie also has the, all-star cast and uh you know Dwayne Martin the lead uh Leon from Cool Runnings uh, Bernie Mac Marlon Wayans Tupac just to name a few uh and Bernie Mac plays uh this homeless person that used to play uh high school basketball and probably very very good in his own right you get that impression but of course now he's he's a bum walking around the the basketball courts at the in New York City parks and whatnot and I just feel like characters like that just seem to serve maybe other characters in the movie or us as the viewer as a reminder of the opposite end of the, you know, college pros, fame and money. It's just, the, you know, the complete opposite. If you don't propel yourself after high school or get picked up or you drop out or this and that, you know, that, you know, homelessness is in the realm of possibilities. You know, just a stark reminder, um, Bernie's Mac character does a lot more than that, but I think that's something a little more subtle that, that's played on there. You know, a lot of movies do that. It, it's pointed out in like Friday Night Lights, Varsity Blues, etc. Once you're done being an athlete, you just become like another person in your small town or even in your big town. And it, it's obscurity that that might just consume you after after you're done with sports or sports is done with you. And a lot of people don't take that into consideration when, when thinking about, you know, athletes and what's at stake. And, you know, really just having talent is half the battle. You have to deal with life and make sure you get to where you want to be. All right, so the next scene is uh, Kyle talking with uh, Tom Shepard in the gym. Uh, this is their first conversation, especially like meaningful conversation. To me, it stands out because Thomas Shepard ends up as an emerging role model to Kyle, which he kind of lacks, even though his mom does play a very uh, strong woman. But, you know, she's busy. And as far as relating to him, it's not really there because she does have a more practical outlook on things. So this is their first conversation. Yo, what's up? Yo, you know it's a good thing you pulled me off that bump. I mean, the whole shit was his fault, man. I mean, I ain't gonna let nobody front on me when I'm playing hoops, you know? Man, what am I telling you for? It's not like you understand. Coach wants to see you in his office. Yeah, well, Coach can wait. Now, why don't you sit back and watch, because you might learn a little something from me. How you like that, toy cop? Snap your wrist more. Excuse me? Ball needs rotation. Spread your fingers. This is Candy Camera, right? It, a toy cop is gonna teach Kyle Watson how to shoot a jump shot. What you do, rent a Dick Vitale video or some shit? Ask that so you missed that jumper last night. So that's a scene that I like a lot. I feel like it's significant. Um, you know, you see Kyle, he's shooting around at, in the in the gym, 
being a little dickhead, <laughs> obviously. And, you know, Tom Shepard, you know, it kind of puts him in his place. Uh, the night before, Carla had a chance to make a make a game-winning shot. He missed it. They lose. You know, it's it's humbling humbling moment, and it's all about how you how you bounce back from from stuff like that. All right. So our next scene, uh, first first big big scene from from Tupac, where he shows a little bit of that acting talent that I was alluding to earlier. He catches up with Tom Shepard at their their mom's gravesite, actually. So she has passed away now, and and they meet up uh, as they're both remembering her on her birthday, and they're at the the cemetery. Your little brother that came up, man. Really. Hell yeah. I mean, shit got bad. Real bad. Be up in that damn bodega with mama food stamps and motherfuckers be laughing at me. Can you believe that? I mean, they was laughing at me. We had no lights, no electricity, no food. We all wrapped up in our coats in front of the stove in the wintertime. Mama rocking back and forth with that sad ass look on the face. Talking about, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> She actually believed you was coming back to save us or some shit. Sorry, though. I handle shit. We got a split-level duplex, big-screen TV, marble floors. Mama ain't have to work. She seen more money in her life than she ever had. I did that. I bought that back. Let's side by side, together as brothers, Nothing stops. Nothing. I think I came back here to work for you. Come on, man. We brothers. And now you working for me? We be partners. What, selling that shit? Give you that dope? Fuck you think you talking to, man? This ain't nutso. This ain't that dope head on the roof taking orders from you. This ain't your same little brother following behind you trying to go outside. You ain't the motherfucking man no more. I'm the one. Shit has changed. It's a new day, bro. You can't clean up your act. I suggest you raise the fuck up. Get the hell out of Dodge. Whew. Uh, <laughs> a lot to unpack there. Uh, that's where we we kind of find out more about the details of uh, Tom Shepard's past. Uh, his friend Nutso. They were playing uh, basketball on the rooftop. Uh, got pretty competitive. They make a bet so you could jump the hi- the highest. Uh, Nutso f- flies off the rooftop, and uh, Tom Shepard just can't. He just can't cope after that uh, with that tragedy, and he he quits basketball, leaves town, and and you know fast forward so many years later, and and here they are. But the thing with the Tupac's character, Birdie, you know, he was the little brother that Thomas Shepard left behind. And, it, you know, we're we're left with choices every day. And I, I think Birdie's version of picking yourself up by your bootstraps means playing into the street life and the street game and just becoming the best at that, earning your respect and money and power you know, that way instead of maybe some legal routes. And, you know, you see how how proud he is that he was able to provide for his, his family and his mom in, in any form or fashion. I, you know, I think that's something that's just all too common these days, which 
is why to me this movie you know like any good sports movie transcends the specific sport it's talking about and that scene kind of highlights stuff like that so fast forward a little bit i'm trying to only touch on the on the main points i've realized these are just audio clips and not fucking movie tom shepherd is getting closer to to kyle's mom they've been hitting off going doing well and they're they're on a date except you know shep he kind of tells us you know he's going to be soft-spoken through all these clips and he doesn't want to say much he's he keeps to himself he's carrying around that shame and guilt or whatever but he's on a date with kyle's mom and they have this conversation where he probably inadvertently just tells us a lot about him and the way he handles turmoil or adversity. Well, I remember Shaft. <laughs> every guy wanted to be like him. Every girl wanted to be with him. Not me. I bet you had an afro out to here and you saw it about six times. No, Kyle's father was alive then and he was real. Shaft was just make-believe. You never make-believe? <laughs> never dream of making things in your life different? No. I dream about my son surviving, getting a good education, and making something positive out of his life. There's nothing else worth dreaming about. Come on, you never want to escape? You never just dream about just running away? Even if it's just your mind is doing the running? No. What about you? Where does your mind run to? Nowhere. He's just stuck. Hmm. It's the rest of me that does all the running. That's too bad. Folks either move past the things that happen to them or they stop moving at all. It's a kind of a longer clip there, but uh, just uh, just like I said, we get some few and far between commentary on, on life and how to handle things from Thomas Shepard. And he, you know, he just, he, he daydreams, he fantasizes, he runs away from problems he can't solve. And you hear the mom there again, you know, she's a strong, confident woman, very practical. Uh, she does, she's not seeking to run away from anything. She's looking to just make the best life for her and her son that she can. And, you know, it's just stark differences between the two of them. Ironic enough, if Shepard had even half of that mentality, who knows where he'd be instead of uh, you know just here thinking about what was you know his worst problem might be what kind of shoes to wear on game day or, or something like that so birdie and thomas shepherd have uh i think like three three scenes together um all of them really really powerful i think i do show you all three or play them for you rather um, and this this is the the second time that they interact since Thomas Shepard's been back. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> no, this is a hell of a fucking morning. I mean, the sun's out, birds are flying, and here's my big brother on his way to his good job. It's a great fucking morning, if you say so. Not just me, man. I mean, if Mama was still alive, she'd say the same thing. I mean, we're all so fucking proud of you. You finally made it. Fuck college. Fuck the pros. He's a security guard. It all fucking makes sense to me now. All this time, people been telling me Tom Shepard is so fucking raw. Too bad he started tripping when his friend died. He got all the fucking talent with no heart. Sydney, think brother can't be this fucking weak. But you ain't weak. Shit. 
You keeping our high school safe. Fuck are you going, man? We having a family moment. Is that what happened? Yes. I'm still the only family you got. You may not like the man I become, bruh, but I'm still a man. You, you, a, you a joke. I had to work though, man. So that's uh, another scene from them. Maybe in that one we find out a little more about Birdie than we do uh, Tom Shepard. And we just see the, the pain that, that Birdie's left with and maybe he's overcompensating. Obviously, he's just <laughs> being a shithead, catching him on the way to work in the morning uh, just to not gloat, but I guess antagonize him in any way that he can. And that's that's just that's just where they are. I mean, two troubled people in their own ways have the only family they have left and you know that's that's what the word estranged means is that they can't really count on one another for for some of those things that family maybe should provide and they're just left alone to deal with their with the issues that they've garnered so the next scene is way way later in the movie um things have have accelerated on on all fronts all storylines and uh, Tom Shepard's getting closer and closer to Kyle's mom. Kyle, you know, <laughs> aside from the normal apprehensiveness that you'd have about a guy plowing your wife, you know, he's starting to ask around and find out where Tom Shepard comes from, who he is, what he's done. And on, on top of normal concerns, he has just the concern about Tom Shepard's character. And if someone like that should even be around his mom and then he finds out that Tom Shepard and Birdie are brothers, so he goes to ask Birdie about it. We get just a little more aggression and a little more insight to where Birdie's head's at. Let's go. Birdie, is it true? I didn't come here to talk about that shit, man. You just didn't come to the club, and I thought I'd see why. Is he your brother, Birdie? He used to be. What does that mean? Look, just because a motherfucker is born into your family don't mean you stay family, all right? That motherfucker ain't shit. You don't care about me, you, nothing. Okay? Understand? Now go to school. You're late. So Kyle finally finds out the truth. Not only is Tom Shepard brothers with Birdie, but, you know, Birdie doesn't have a high opinion about him uh anytime kyle finds something out about tom shepherd it's something unfavorable so everything's everything's mounting against him remember we talked about pressure and you know just the age he's playing a uh, a high school kid so i mean just deal just think about normal high school life and dealing with everything that that entails you know it's complete bullshit <laughs> but you know throw in you know trying to play basketball well enough to get recruited by a good enough college. Um, you know, throughout the movie, he gets exposed to street life, you know, a lot of violence that he might not have been privy to uh, before when he just was paid, was able to pay attention to school, play basketball, hang out. And, you know, of course, this new guy, Tom Shepard, closing in on, on his mom. Uh, this all culminates and leads to Kyle, uh, getting ejected from a basketball game with a Georgetown scout watching in the stands. Everything's just kind of unraveling for Kyle and the people closest to him are trying to trying to help him out any way they can. And that leads to his coach talking to Tom Shepard and pretty much pleading with them to 
try to reach out as someone who who's been there and has blown everything that that was given to him and laid out in front of him what do you expect me to do teach him help him to handle the pressure <laughs> what do i know about handling pressure you can't turn your back on this kid shep you owe it to him i owe nobody nothing pure talent fatal flaw that's what the paper said right you in handcuffs nutso dead on the ground you don't owe anybody you forget about nutso wasn't it the great tom shepherd he was trying to be like when he took that fall and how about owing yourself born with all the gifts but you just gave up oh yeah i'd say you owe plenty and if you ever plan on giving anything back, you better start right now. Though no, you can't do anything about your mom or nutso. But you can about Kyle. It's all there for him, Shep. And he's blowing it. Well, you won't be the first. Tom, Tom Shepard's speaking a little low there. When the coach says, you know, just <laughs> points out that Kyle's blowing it, Tom Shepard responds, he won't be the first. And he's right. I mean, obviously talking about himself, but that's, you know, stories like this are probably all too common. I mean, you start looking at just the statistical odds of someone being good enough to make the NBA or any professional level or even college level for that matter. I mean, you just spend your whole, some people just spend their whole sports careers just getting weeded out, uh, even, you know, whether they want to continue playing or not. And that's, that's where his head's at. So uh, remember, the, the tournament is, is still looming. That's what everything's building up to. I don't have a lot on that, but this last scene is uh, Birdie and Tom Shepard talking one more time. It's not the quickest clip, but it's actually one of my favorite scenes in, in any movie. Let's, let's roll into it. Shit, not even nuts ever got that high. At least not playing. Don't stop. Keep going. That is who you was playing, right? Man, I remember sitting there watching you two go at it for hours. What do you want from me? You want to put my arm around your shoulder, little brother? Help you with your homework? Pat you on your ass and tell you done good? What the fuck do you want from me? Just heard you was leaving. Came to tell you goodbye. There you go, there you go. You don't want mom's dessert. If you don't do it, mom's not gonna give you any dessert. And I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell. You better come on. Take your breath, take your time, and shoot. There you go. There you go. One more time. I think mom's dessert is going to look so good on that plate. Go ahead. Take your time. Come on, Ronnie. I told you. Snap your wrist. Snap your wrist. Take your time. Dribble the ball and snap your wrist. I never did get that right. It's funny what you do pick up, though. So they're on a basketball court, and Tom Shepard is playing one-on-one -on -one kind of except he's imagining he's playing against his his best friend nutso the now passed away uh which he does often throughout the movie um birdie approaches him to you know <laughs> talk his shit on the other half of the court you see a father and son and they're working on the son's shot and birdie says never got the hang of it and that noise you hear that puff is him blowing out a razor blade that's hidden in his mouth. And that's what he's picked up because that's the person that he turned into, you know, after his brother left, after the streets got a hold of him. Shep feels the way he does about Birdie or his little brother, but 
you can see in, in that moment and a few other moments that, you know, maybe he's, he's starting to think or, or realize that the impact of his absence and inaction on other people's lives other than his own. Yeah, he can handle being nothing and just drifting through life, but there's so many other people in his life that, that need him. Now, Birdie, he's deeply rooted in a life of concealing razor blades in his fucking mouth and drugs, violence, and death, and I don't know. I mean, if, could that have been prevented if uh, Shep had stuck around and maybe not become a pro basketball player, but just been a, a big brother or some kind of role model or something? Just shit to think about. Really glad I get to do this episode without spoiling the ending or the tournament, the result of that. But the tournament is awesome. If you've never seen it before and you happen and you decide to watch the movie, well, first of all, I'm excited for you. <laughs> and uh, second of all, I'm glad you could watch it without spoiling or without it being spoiled. Um, it doesn't disappoint. Ties everything together. It's very satisfying. And there's some fucking basketball that, that goes down in there, like real life shit. Of course, there's a montage and there's a lot of dunks, and, but it, people are balling in there and it's it's amazing. Uh, this movie wasn't much for for trivia, but the thing that I found the most fascinating, the main character, Dwayne Martin, well, the main character, Kyle, played by Dwayne Martin, was actually a Division Three basketball player at NYU and made it to the Knicks as an undrafted free agent before being subsequently cut. So he was a pro, albeit for a short stint, but uh, anytime you see him with a basketball in his, hand, with, in his hands in the movie, he's dribbling, he's doing all this stuff, and I always thought that was a cool little caveat. But I'll just leave you guys with that and hope you check out the movie or Maybe if you have seen it, revisit it and maybe see things with a, a different lens. Oh, man. Talk radio? Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Okay, okay. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steal if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warren G was on the streets, trying to consume some skirts for the E, so I could get some phones. Rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you search know what's up with 213. So I hooked select on 21 and Lewis, some brothers shooting dice. So I said, let's do this. I jumped out the rock and said, what's up? Some brothers pulled some gas, so I said, I'm stuck. Since these girls peeping me, I'm all glide and swerve. These hookers looking so hard, they straight hit the curve. Want to bigger, better things than some horny tricks. I see my homie and some suckers all in his mix. I'm getting jacked, I'm breaking myself. I can't believe they taking more and 12. They took my rings, they took my Rolex. I looked at the brother, said, damn, what's next? They got my homie hemmed up, and they all around. Can't none of them see him if they going straight down for pound. They want to come up real quick before they start to clown. I best pull out my strap and lay them busters down. They got guns to my head, I think I'm going down. I can't believe it's happening in my own town. If I had wings, I would fly, let me contemplate. I glance in the cut, and I see my homie Nate. 16 in the clip, and one in the hole. Nate Dog is about to make somebody's turn cold. Now they dropping and yelling, it's a tad bit late. Nate Dog and Warren G had to regulate. 
switching my mind back into freak mode. If you want skirt, sit back and observe. I just left a gang of those over there on the curb. Now they got the freaks, and that's a known fact. Before I got jacked, I was on the same track. Back up, back up, cause it's on N-A-T-E and me, the woman to the G. Just like I thought they were in the same spot, in need of some desperate head. But they dog and the G child were in need of something Sexy as hell, I said, ooh, I like your size She said my chords broke down and just sing real nice Would you let me ride? I got a car full of girls and it's going real swell The next stop is the east side Step to this 